Hola, everyone. I'm Jenny Solans along with my husband, Ben. Hola, chicos. Bienvenidos a Breaking Español. Every week, we share our journey as we learn Spanish, immersing ourselves into Latin culture while raising our young son bilingual. And we hope that hearing our story inspires you to embark on your own language learning journey. ¿Están listos? Vámonos. Enjoy the show. Hola, Benjamin. Hola, chica. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, bien. ¿Y tú? Bien. Uh, tengo emocionado para este episodio. ¿Sí? ¿Por qué? Porque tengo noticias de Patreon. Oh, sí, sí, sí. ¿Qué es eso? Patreon es una forma para, mmm, como se emprendedoras o uh, gente como nosotros para um, hacer dinero para nuestro podcast. Oh, sí, sí, sí. Entonces, uh, pa Patreon es una comunidad um, de, ¿cómo se dice? Creators, like people making things. Mm. Y uh, audiencias... Patreon es el nombre of the sitio website. Sitio web. Sí, mm -hmm. patreon.com. Uh, P-A-T. Okay, okay. R-E-O-N. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, entonces, tengo una página en Patreon. Entonces, esto es una uh, forma para nuestra audiencia a uh, conectar de nosotros directo. Perfecto. ¿Sí? ¿Entiendes? So, it's a way... I, I'm excited about this because okay. it, it's not just about <laughs> making money. Because when I first thought about Patreon, it was just a way to make money. It was just like, hey... Uh, donate you use this to for our your thing. other page for I just started it yeah <clears throat> and the idea originally I thought was like a Kickstarter or a crowdfunding oh kind of thing. yeah yeah which I'm more familiar with because I've never heard right. of patreon so the idea though behind patreon is that <clears throat> instead of having advertisers or agencies or you know other things and ways of, of supporting the podcast right because it costs money it, it costs money and takes time to do this. Um, this is a way for the people that listen and get value out of it, uh, whether that's entertainment or information or travel advice or whatever it is, it's a way for them to directly contribute and support. So you don't have to kind of be a part of the big, you know, advertising engine that runs the world. And it's a way for creators like us to just have a direct connection. So the cool thing about Patreon is, um, people can donate or pledge as they say, uh, you know, uh, $1, $5, $10, whatever per episode. Um, and then, and they can even set a monthly cap. So if we put out 50 episodes a month, they don't, you know, blow out their budget. And then we, we can do things like in the Patreon community where we can have chats with them. We can have behind the scenes footage. We can even have live videos and Q and a that is just specifically to the people that are, you know, subscribers on Patreon. So it's not just a way to make money. It's actually a way to have a deeper connection with your audience, which I think is really special. So I'm excited that we, we finally cool. have one. Very cool. Okay. We'll share that in the link then on our website. Yeah. It's patreon.com slash breaking Espanol. Or if you can just go to breaking Espanol.com and you'll see it all over um, and you'll be able to find us on there. Perfect. Gracias. ¿Qué más? Um, Sí, well, uh, entonces uh, fue a uh, en Chile por la semana pasada. Entonces uh, solo Jack y yo estoy aquí. Uh, ¿Cómo se dice? Solo daddy. Yeah, solo padre, a single dad for a mm -hmm. week. Uh, but, you know, fue bien. 
uh, Jack está muy, muy um, amigable, muy, muy feliz uh, cuando, um, cuando fuimos a, a, a salir o cosas o, o lugares como The Zoo, uh, Bubble Park um, y otros, otros lugares. So, uh, fue divertido, pero fue... Uh, hay estrés también. ¿Sí? Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, sí, fue, fue, fue un Porque poco... Porque hay mucha comida y... Yeah, uh, you know, un... Uh, nenes están uh, muy... ¿Cómo se dice? Like, uh, necesitan muchas cosas inmediatamente. Sí. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's uh, difícil, but... Um, but, you know... Toddlers uh, están muy activos. Ah, sí. Mucho activo. Sí, hablando y mm. corriendo y, yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Llorando. Llorando, <laughs> sí, gritando. Sí. Todos. Sí. Sí, but, you know, está bien. And, you know, uh, uh, tengo feliz uh, que uh, estás regresando. <laughs> sí. <laughs> Mí también. Sí, entonces, ¿cómo fue Chile? Pues, uh, fui en Chile. Chile, um, fue muy increíble. Mm -hmm. Sí, sí. Vamos en... Or, uh, sí, vamos... No, fuimos en Santiago. Mm -hmm. Y va por eso. Mm -hmm. Y Viña del Mar. Es todo uh, mismo la playa. Mm -hmm. Muy, muy cerca... Um, or más similar... San Diego. Oh, sí? Sí. La playa, <laughs> la playa es más fría. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> y muchas nubes. Uh, mientras esta temperatura. Sí, sí, es temperatura. Um, Santiago, más similar Phoenix o oh, sí? Los Ángeles. Oh, um, gran ciudad. Gran ciudad, pero um, temperatura. Es, ah, hace calor. Sí, sí, sí. Es, um, Desierto. Uh -huh, sí. Y la comida uh, está rica, muy delicioso. Mm -hmm. uh, deliciosa. Mm. Por ejemplo. Ok. Uh, ok. ¿Qué comida? Todo comida más rica. Excepto una sandwich. Mm -hmm. Es más común en uh, Santiago. Es una sandwich uh, nombre... <laughs> nombre as. <laughs> <laughs> solo A, S. Solo uno mm. S. Oh, sí. Sí, as. As. No sé. Pero es uh, el nombre as italiano. Es solo aguacate. Ok. En Santiago, mm -hmm. um, ellos di dijimos pauta. Mm -hmm. um, pauta. Para aguacate. Para avocado. Ah, es pauta. Sí. En here, we say aguacate. Mm -hmm. So, es diferente en diferente sí, sí, país. Sí. Entonces, es mucho mayonesa. <sighs> Mucho, mucho, mucho. Fuchi. Sí, mayonesa y pauta y carne. Mm -hmm. Entonces es verde, blanco y rojo. Mm -hmm. Pues maybe tomate. Sí, tomate. Pa uh -huh. no, no te gusta. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the grossest thing I've ever eaten, I think. Oh. <laughs> so when I say the food is really good, it was really good. Except for that sandwich. <laughs> oh no! So so yeah, g give because it, we don't really like mayonnaise. Give that it to much. me in English. So so t tell me what you. Oh really okay. Saying. So the sandwich, it's called the ass. It literally is a s, and I don't know. But I mean, it's ass, right? 
Us, yeah. Us. But they said there's a couple times where there's been some funny Spanglish mm -hmm. where they're like, um, really good ass here. And they put like an extra, like really hot <laughs> ass. <laughs> they put an extra oh, S. Oh, no. So he was saying there was really some funny things. But it's just a, uh, it's just a, a piece of bread. It almost looks like a hamburger bun. Mm -hmm. uh, you could get either a hot dog bun or a hamburger bun. The ass was the hot dog bun or ass, mm -hmm. whatever you want to say, was the hot dog bun. And then they put chopped up minced up meat in it. And then it looks, it's called the Italiano because of the fixings. It's like mm, gotcha. avocado, tomato, mayonnaise. But they go crazy with their mayonnaise. I mean, we're talking <laughs> both sides, an inch thick. Like, Oof. I'll show you a picture. Cause you know, I can do a little mayonnaise in like, like it's good if you mix it in with some other stuff to make like a sauce creamy. Totally, yeah. We're but just, just thought, straight mayonnaise is a little well, bit. Well, me and my friend Stephanie, that we were the ones down there in um, Chile. We are not huge mayonnaise fans. So we were told this was our last day we were there. Uh, it was our last day in town. And we were like, you. we were told you have to check out these sandwiches. And we were like, totally, <laughs> like, we have to. We've tried everything else. So we go and we made the mistake of going kind of close to, like, it was still breakfast kind of time. Uh -huh. It was probably like 10 or 11 a.m. And so we each got one. And... It was too much. It was just, yeah. Like we all misunderstood which person was getting what. So like I wanted one that had light mayonnaise. So uh -huh. I said más suave, and the light mayonnaise was, I don't know, like taking a subway mayonnaise yeah. thing and going past like four times. I, I, I and always, their idea of thick would be like taking a big scoop and yeah. You know, I, I always wonder too when you say this is a a lost in translation thing. Más suave. Yeah, because, like, what you're trying to say is a small amount. Un poco. Yeah, but if you, because, you know, you have, like, light mayonnaise. It's like a type of mayonnaise. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that's what happened. Like, e even in English, though, like, if I if I go somewhere and I say light mayonnaise. Light. I, I don't mean, like, low in fat. I mean, as in not a lot, like a small amount. Maybe that's what happened, but I'll post a picture and you guys be the judge, but it was <laughs> a mass amount of mayonnaise. And so the good thing was we all were pretty grossed out by it. And there was some guys that were next to us ordering and we were able to just look at them and go, would you like our sandwiches? Like I said, you know, um, actually Jason said at first, he didn't speak any, uh, Spanish and he was like, you want this? And they were like, totally got it just from that, you know, Look, and yes. then I like asked, yeah, but they took all our sandwiches and we were like, went, kept moving on and went and got tacos. <laughs> there was a little Mexican food place on the corner. Yes. Now but, I do love tortas, tortas, but that's a Mexican thing. I think Mexican are, food is just, has a special place in every American's heart because it's yeah, so ingrained in and our culture. And tortas have a ton of mayonnaise too, but yeah, they're, they it somehow has less than in Chile <laughs> <laughs> because I think tortas have a ton of mayonnaise. Maybe in Chile they think... They love mayonnaise. He said they love mayonnaise. So by when I say he, we why. had taken a couple tours and this guy was describing like, you have to try this sandwich, blah, blah, blah. So that was, um, that was where it was at. But we started in Santiago for anyone who didn't listen to a couple episodes previous. I got an opportunity to go down there with my friend because her husband was doing a master's program there. And so we stayed at the Risk Carlton because that's where his school put him up. And it was amazing. The only negative for me is the Ritz-Carlton was stocked with all people that spoke English. Oh, right. So I felt like I got to speak incredible Spanish while I was there, except at the Ritz-Carlton, mm. because their English accent was perfect. I think they are kind of told to speak English, 
Um, they would say, you know, buenas, buenas. That was about the extent of really getting any Spanish from really? them. Yeah. It was just everyone else. You could totally tell their accent was much stronger in Spanish. And this, I think they only really hired people. But I guess it makes sense for the crowd they get. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that was the only place that I didn't speak Spanish full time. The rest of the city and all over Chile where we went, my my friend, her and her husband, I asked them when I, we were leaving, I said, do you think you ran into a lot of people that spoke English? Because maybe because I speak Spanish, I felt like there was no problem getting yeah. around, like at yeah, all. Yeah. Like I felt like if I didn't know something in Spanish, they spoke English. Like I, there was never a moment the week I was there that I couldn't get by. And so I asked them they don't know any Spanish at all. And right. and my friend Stephanie was like, oh, no, you'd... Ha She's like, if I didn't have you here... You'd be... Oh, yeah, she'd be... Different. I'd be lost. And he, because he was with a school group, he had a guide the whole time. Yeah. And so he's like, I would have been fine, but, like, that day we went exploring on our own, he was like, no way. You mm -hmm. know, because every Uber driver didn't speak Spanish. Every bus driver... Didn't speak I'm English. sorry, didn't speak English, yeah. yeah. So as far as the Spanish there... Um, I do think it probably really helps knowing mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the same thing, even having, you know, as I mean, we're what maybe beginner intermediate level. Yeah. And even just having that amount of well, Spanish. Well, I did get complimented while I was there on my Spanish. Oh. But it was also from a guy that was an Uber driver that didn't know a ton of English. And so he said, your Spanish is really good. My my English isn't very good. And I say that a lot to people when I think they can speak English so great. Uh -huh. I'm kind of comparing myself like, dang it, like, you know, both much better than I, you know, but he did say he's like, could totally understand everything I said. That's good. Yeah. I mean, and, um, it, it, yeah, it might be like compared to other people, right? It's always one of those things where it's like, yeah. but no, that's awesome. And then, but I, I, what I was trying to say was I feel the same way. Like when I went to Mexico city with Justin and everyone, uh, I remember talking, you know, Justin speaks Spanish, my brother. And, um, uh, but, but the other two guys there, my other brother and, uh, and, and one of his friends did not uh, have any Spanish really at all. And I remember talking to one of them afterwards, uh, or, you know, later in the, and I was like, man, it's so easy to communicate with people here. <laughs> yeah. And they looked at me like, you're crazy. Like, yeah. I can't understand a damn word. I am totally lost. I'm like, nobody speaks English. I'm like, oh, really? Like, so I think just having a base level really goes a long way and changes yeah. your whole trip and your whole perception of the it, place. It was one of the first trips because I was without you. And so I got to really all on my own, not relying on anyone else and being the kind of leader of the group trying to get us places and understand everything was it was my I felt like it was a breakout trip and moment for me that I really felt like my Spanish was strong and it made mm -hmm. the trip that much better because I enjoyed it like I couldn't wait to like find other people to talk Spanish to and I really one thing I I really loved about Santiago for me which it fits with my travel style is there wasn't a lot of things you had to do like on your list of, I have to see this site. I have to go sign up for this tour. You know, right. it was all cultural things. It was go to cooking classes, go mm -hmm. climb a mountain and, you know, look at the top of the view, um, drive through wine country, go explore this amazing restaurant at night, go to this area and live like a local. So for me, I love that kind of stuff. You know, one of my least favorite cities 
because I've only been there once is Rome because there's so many things you have to do while you're mm-hmm. there that you have a harder time just sitting at a restaurant and feeling okay about it. Because yeah, you're you like, don't get the actual like Roman experience. Right. You get the, I'd like, have to go probably four or five times to really get yeah. that Roman experience. And or some, just stay for like a month where yeah. two or three weeks you're just doing In Santiago, stuff. you could go there and not really have that. And that might not be for everyone. You know, some people really like to check off that list and see everything. But for me, I loved that city for that reason. It was the metro was amazing mm-hmm. uh uber was everywhere it was clean clean enough you know there's obviously the parts that um are a little bit lacking. how is it compared to oaxaca in terms of modern more way yeah. more modern m- way more modern in fact some people say that it's not that interesting because there's a lot of modern buildings kind of like an american city yeah it is it, it it really is i almost would even call it like a sister city to america because um except there's still that I didn't know much about the Chilean culture before I went. There wasn't a lot to look up online either. Like, I don't know, just like little things like what they're into and what they wear and all those kind of things like that really was interesting once I got there is they have their own culture, but they're very much influenced by America. Their economy Mm -hmm. is really good. And so a lot of them work with tech companies here in San Francisco because the time change is so easy. It's only four hours. Yeah. So four hours or I'm sorry, one hour to the East Coast. So instead of, you know, having your tech people that are you hire that are a little bit cheaper in multiple parts in of India. the world or in India, right? 12 hours away. Yeah, they're so. one hour difference. And so that was one main reason a lot of the people that I met, a lot of the Uber drivers or people that I met that had multiple jobs, they did computers in the day and bartended or something at night just because they were young and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, they did computers in the day for big companies like oh, cool. here in America. But um, yeah, the city was incredible. The... Very easy to get around and lots of the things I will say was very similar to Mexico or parts of Mexico we've been was the artisanal part. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of makers there that mm-hmm. made really cool handcrafted things. And there was a whole, it was called Los Dominicos, which was one of our favorite areas and time spent was this little um, shopping center mm-hmm. that was in an old kind of Pueblo. And it was just little, it was almost like you were at Etsy. You know, you were like in Etsy. Yeah, and I wonder, that's what we got to figure out what that word is. Artisanal? Uh, no, like creators like that, like people that make those things. Oh, they called them art. They called them artisans. Artisanos? They called them artisans. Yeah. Hmm. And they just had like the big things there are copper. They have copper and leather and I'm missing one. Copper and leather. Yeah. I can't think of the other one, but it will come to me. So yeah, we spent about four or five days in Santiago. And awesome. Spoke Spanish every single day. Big wine area. There's even if you don't make it to wine tasting, there's restaurants that do these amazing wine tasting where you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a pairing or just sampling. Yeah, sampling. You can buy yeah, bottles some of those, there. My dad was telling me about that. He's a big wino, and uh, that those are the only vines that have never been wiped out by something yes so every other vine every other region in the world including like france and italy and you know places. so perfect example the one blend they have or, or type they have is a carminera mm-hmm. it's um uh, carminera is that how they say it carminera i i might be pronouncing it wrong but it was one that france they had it had been wiped yeah, yeah, out right years prior uh-huh. and someone had gone to chile and visited and they were making them, and the Chilean people and the Ar- Argentinian people were not even that stoked on them. Mm-hmm. Like, 
they were it was just grew rampant where they were yeah and so this this um frenchman was like no this is huge like yeah yeah we so don't have these the, anymore the story goes that um a lot of travelers whoever settled there i think it was germans or something germans, right I yeah, think, yeah. Um, they say hello everyone who answers the phone there mm-hmm. you know how we say bueno here or yeah. mexicans say bueno here mm-hmm. they say hello hello and i asked what that came from and she said i'm guessing the germans because germans say hello that's what oh, they, they say oh. yeah um so they brought in these vines to plant all these different types of varietals of of grape vines and they planted them there and you know made wine with them and they never died but unlike and so back in germany and in, in uh in you know europe where they made a ton of wine um they eventually would die off and they actually would have people from chile like take like samples of them and send them back to like france and italy and these these big wine countries to replant them so they would make clones of them and stuff because throughout the years there's like a hunger or there's like a bacteria or something happens where it just kills off the entire type Drought, of grape. Drought, disease, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Chile's, uh, maybe it's their climate or what, I don't know, but they're yeah, the climate a very is, rare region. The climate is, the climate is perfect, uh, just like here in California. It's very dry in some areas, dry and warm. And, and grapes, for some reason, do great in that climate. And so when we headed from Santiago to the beach, which was two hours away, we went all through Casablanca Valley. And there was uh, there was a vineyard right across the street from the one we stopped at that Rihanna had just gone to. And she <laughs> loved it. And she had a rosé and she was a fan of it. And she like, and so they were like well known for that. And it's funny because they had kind of redone the building to kind of like look a little more glam, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. Do you but, need to explain who Rihanna is? No, no. Do you think everyone. everyone in the world knows who she is? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Nobody needs to know that. And uh, so my favorite was definitely the wine country. Even though I was with um, my friends didn't really weren't huge wine tasters. I feel like everyone has fun wine tasting because it's outside. Mm -hmm. It's you get to see like landscape and nature and all that. Plus, you know, they give you just little taste of wine and it's really fun. So the varieties they had in the area that we went, they're big on um, Sauvignon Blancs. Mm. So there was a lot of white wine and then that Carmenere, Carmenere, I want to say it's Carmenere. Mm-hmm. It looks like Carmen. Mm-hmm. Um, with an Enye? Carmenere? No, I don't think it has an Enye. Mm. But that was everyone's favorite that I was with. And then they did have a couple Pinots, but super cool area. And then awesome. the food as far as... Oh my gosh, did I tell you about the cooking class yet? No. I feel like we should do a whole episode on this cooking class. We should. I I wanna do a whole episode just on the food. Okay. If that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think right now it's it's fun to hear just, you know, overall the tidbits. Okay. Well we'll 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 dive into that next we'll time. We'll dive into that next time because um the cooking class that I had got recommended from Rachel, remember when Rachel was on the uh-huh, episode? Yeah. She had given me a couple really great recommendations. And she had just went there. Yeah, I got so lucky because I didn't know anyone who really had been there. And my Aunt Susan and mm-hmm. Uncle Dan had just gotten back from there. And then Rachel had just gone there. Perfect. And so they both had nothing but great things to say about Santiago, which, like I said, my Google search came up with nothing. Mm. There was nothing to see there. There was really nothing to do there other than Patagonia. Everyone you, sends everyone to Patagonia. I remember before you were looking that up and you were kind of like, oh, man. I was know, really kind of bummed. Like, I was like, yeah. you know, we were talking about should we go somewhere else? Should we do something different? You know, even though we had that opportunity to stay at a hotel there. Um, we were just kind of both like, gosh, it looks like there's nothing to do there. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm so glad that we stuck with it and probably one of my favorite airports in the world now. <laughs> it was like, 
an amazing airport in Unlike Santiago. Mexico City Airport. Mexico City is not my favorite airport. I spend a lot of time there, and it's just not my favorite airport. Or at least the terminal and the section we're in. We, uh, it's yeah. not my favorite airport. So, yeah. And then um, it just the people. People were very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interested in our culture as well. Mm-hmm. Got to learn a lot about... Um, I don't think I... I don't think I have ever met someone from Chile. So I didn't really have a pre like, yeah. idea of anything about do their they culture. Do they look Hispanic or do they, cause you know, like when we went to Spain, I, I don't know why, but we had, we, you know, just our whole lives were assuming that like, Oh, Spain is Hispanic, but you go there and you're like, Oh, you are a Western European. Yeah. You look like an Italian or something. You look like any, you know, there's no like, but you know, you go well, to Mexico and it's like, oh yeah, like people here look Mexican, you know, I like they like, have like a kind of like Lalo, like Lalo's fair skinned and blue eyed. Yeah. Okay. So th- I think there was a definitely a mix, you yeah, know, there yeah, was because yeah. you said the Germans and all that, so it wasn't all the yeah pre-Hispanic culture. And I don't there the um Felipe who did our cooking class, he said that there's one million Peruvians in in Chile. Interesting. So. Peru is right above Chile. It's it's their border. Is that a lot? Do you know are there a ton of people in Chile? He said that was a lot. Yeah. There are a ton of people in Santiago. Mm -hmm. But I think it really starts to trickle down when you get out, especially the north and areas like that. So, um, And then also some of their history. I don't know a ton about their history, but one thing he said was uh, there was a big Chinese slave culture. Mm. So... There is a lot of Peruvian Chinese, mm. um, and they call them. I'll have to look it up, but mm-hmm. they call them some. I'll do that in this week. I learned. Okay. Um. So, as far as how everyone looked, like, mm, such a mix. I think that happens mm. in a big city. Yeah. You know, you can't really big melting pot, different and, cultures. Yeah, it was funny because the subway closed every night. The metro closed every night at ten thirty. That's so early. But if you, I, so early. Oh, For, that's right. I listened to your Uber driver. Yeah. You were talking about that. But if you had a pass, you could go till 11 if you had like the bit pass the or whatever. The local pass. Or mm-hmm. yeah. And so anyways, we were a huge group of us. It was the night we were with Jason and his school, his mm-hmm. school um, friends or students. Mm-hmm. So there was probably about 10 or 12 of us and we were <laughs> trying to get on the Metro and it's closed. And I started asking this guy in Spanish, um, if he knew if there was another door, if it was just the entrance and he, he said he didn't know. And then about a couple minutes later, he came and found me and he's like, this door is open right here. And I said, gosh, I said, this is so weird. What is this all about? He goes, oh, I don't know. I'm Brazilian, you know? And so I thought it was so funny because we spoke in Spanish together. Oh, right. So. But he speaks Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like. I, I think a lot of Brazilians speak Spanish though. I mean, I think everyone but Americans speak more than one language. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I will say I came across a lot of people who only spoke Spanish. Right. It was, it's kind of like in Mexico areas where they don't travel a lot. They haven't been to America. They haven't right. been to other places. Like, so I, I came across a lot of people who just spoke Spanish, which, um, so I had been warned right before I went that the Spanish was going to be really hard, mm-hmm. that it was going to be, they cut a lot of things off. They talk really f- fast. The people that I did come across like that were always um, people that didn't speak English. Mm. So they, 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 it was a lot of zhu, 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 like they really like blurred everything together. Mm. I, I think in one of those Uber driver clips I sent you, I don't know if it's one of the ones you played, but it's very zhu, zhu, zhu. and finally I just had to ask him, can you just talk slower? And he was mm. like, yeah. And then once he talked slower, it wasn't that hard to understand him as much, but right. 
that was the only time I guess I didn't notice a hundred percent about people cutting it off. Um, I can't think of any moments. There was just a lot of times that I just feel like it was more me. I had to like listen to it, translate it, and then respond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that had anything to do with how fast they talk. But another thing, I don't know why, but I feel like I understand everyone else but Mexicans so much better. Why is really? that? Just I, the accent. I, don't know. I guess so. And maybe it's because I'm learning from a Colombian, but like I felt like I could understand people really well there. And then when I go to like Tijuana, I don't understand what anyone's saying, you know? Yeah. But I think that has to do with and the, the proper Spanish and the border Spanish. The Norteño accent is even... It's so fast more, and yeah. it's so choppy, I think. Well, it's just it's just you you cut off all the... You know, it's like if you met somebody from the South in America and they yeah. they use different words and they say they have a very different accent. And so you just go, yeah. what so are I you don't, saying? I think I'm the only one who so far that has felt that way because everyone else I talked to felt like... It was hard. It was harder there because they, and I got, I already had known about the ja, how they take the double L and they make it instead of ya, they oh, make okay. it ja. Oh, so, okay. So they do that there as well. Yeah. Because I know Argentina, Argentina. That's why I say Juvia. Argentina. That's why I say Juvia all the time. Juvia. And here we say Juvia. Po- pollo. Pollo. No, they didn't say that. Oh, no. Mm-mm. But food, I will say out of all the things, food is the hardest to translate because yeah. they give you a menu. I tried to do Spanish menus, but they gave you a menu and it's like, um, finely marinated, you know, suckling pig or, yeah. you know, the um, words are always very like I ordered, descriptive. Yeah. And, I ordered one that was extraña something race. So something strange beef is what I read it as. <laughs> and so like, I just feel like it's really hard. Even a couple times I asked and I would, it would come out and it would be like polenta. You texted me even, you sent me a, I sent him a picture. I was like, if you saw this menu, what would you, you order? Get, yeah. yeah. And he's like, something with the race on it. <laughs> so menus are the hardest. Cause even, um, Stephanie had an English menu and mm. I would sit there for 10 minutes with my menu. And then finally I'd go, okay, let me see your menu. And I'd bring it over and I'd go, really? That's just chicken with artichokes <sighs> and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, not what I got from that one. Yeah. But there's food is, and we're talking nice, um, not nice restaurants, but like foodie type restaurants. So they are very descriptive with their food. So food is just, I always just, honestly, I get an English menu, even their English menu has it in Spanish and they just use a little bit of a English words to describe it, but right. it's still kind of backwards, you know? Cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you had a great time. It was so fun. And I'm excited to hear what you learned. Oh, okay. You want to go into this week I learned? Let's do it. Okay. Take a quick break. Welcome back to This Week I Learned. So this is a big debate, and I've decided that this is what I want to tackle today. The whole lemon-lime thing. Like Sprite? Lemon-lime? No. The fruit. Like lemon and lime. Mm. It has been (laughs) something that in Latin America has been the most confusing fruit, a citrus on the planet. And here in Norte de Mexico, they don't say a word for lemon. It's, they only believe there are limes because they don't use lemons in any of their cooking or anything like that. So, you know, Mexicans that have crossed the border and 
they see limes here in the supermarkets, this is what they say to me. Those are gross. I don't use those. Because I asked one lemons, day. Lemons, you mean? Lemons. Oh, did I say lemons? You said lemons. Yeah. They think lemons are gross. Why would you use it? Doesn't yeah. taste good. So I feel that same way now. Well, that's not true. This is so I'll get dive deeper into it. Basically, what's going on here is in different parts of the world, in different regions, these fruits taste very different, and they don't exist in certain places. And so, in Mexico, they are huge growers of lime, and they taste amazing. And if they have a lemon, it doesn't taste good. It's not sweet. It's almost like overly sour. Mm-hmm. Not like what we're used to. Um, not like the Italian lime or lemons. Like it's very confusing. So I go down to Chile, and. <laughs> They have lemons and limes mixed together at the market, limones. And I'm like, okay, now you've lost me. Because it's this has gone on for too long. I'm so confused. Don't, I don't know what to order. Like, Don't lemons turn green no. after a certain point? No. It has oh, nothing to do okay. with that. Okay. It literally has to do with each country in each part of the world. So that's kind of the aha moment I had is I don't need to learn the the word for lemon and lime until I'm somewhere. So here, whatever works to get me by. And here in America, if I'm somewhere and there's any confusion with if I want a lemon or a lime in my water, uh-huh. I would just say lemon, limon amarillo. Limon amarillo. No other place will say that. Right. That is literally just a San Diego thing. Okay. Because we have Mexicans that live here that would never choose to put a lemon in a water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then limon. Limon is lime to them. That's easy. N- Everything is limon, limon, limon. So then in Chile, they have limon sutil and they have limon, they have limones, which is multiple lemons. So their limon is lemon and they cook with a lot of lemon. And the Peruvians say lima for lime and limon for lemon. So do you see where it starts to get really confusing? Yeah. So a, a place that I clarified this a lot, which was actually like one of my favorite was Hello Talk. Uh, oh, and I will say one thing about Hello Talk that kind of creeped me out is it adjusted where I my location uh-huh. when I went to Chile. Yeah, you can probably change Tol- that you somewhere. can just turn yeah. off your location, but it was just a little creepy when all of a sudden everyone was like, "Oh, you're in Chile," da, da, da. and I wasn't really open yeah, right. to to sharing that. So, as far as um, here, let me get to that spot where I asked. So I asked everyone, I said, I'm finding that they use different words all over Latin America for these two fruits. So I put a lime in the first picture and I put a lemon in the second picture. I don't know if you can see it. And if you guys are watching the video, you can see what she's talking about. Yeah, you can see. And so I I just asked, you know, and so you can see where people are from. So from in Mexico. Now, mind you, I put two pictures. Mm-hmm. A guy from Mexico comments, limon. <laughs> Do you see what we're dealing with? Yeah. Okay. And so then... Um, He's like, limon and that thing doesn't exist. That thing doesn't That's exist? That's like Photoshop. I don't use it. Yeah. What is that country, that flag? Uh, so then Paula Germany? from... Oh, where's Paula like from? Germany. Paula's from... Shoot, it says location not provided. She says lima y limon. So she said lima for lime and limon for lemon. See, and I'm probably confusing people by saying lime and lemon over the air too, but I'm calling... In America, we call a lime the green citrus fruit and we call a lemon the larger yellow citrus fruit that's all over america we have lemons and limes and that's exactly how they're they're called and then this um where is that from that looks like uruguay sorry guys i don't know my where my flags are from but he said limon verde y limon maduro Mm -hmm. then this is one of my favorites she wrote this girl cat bell wrote limon y naranja 
or any other kind of citrus. <laughs> naranja is orange. Naranja. And then um, limon is not existing. Like this, the other thing is not a real fruit. Yeah. Um, and then one girl wrote, um, "Tenés razón. En diferentes, en diferentes países de Latinoamérica se llaman se de diferente manera. En Argentina, al de la izquierda." La decimos Lima. So she's saying in different parts of Latin America, you say it differently. So the one on the left, which is lime, they would say Lima in Argentina. Pero tengo entendido que en Peru le dicen limón. Mientras que acá el limón es el, es el de la derecha. So, so it's all different everywhere. She's saying it's different everywhere. So like in Peru, they would say limón. But and then we don't know where also, she's from. Um, it's that. What flag is that? I, I want to say... Oh, here you go. She's from Argentina. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Argentina. So someone else from Argentina said mm -hmm. Limón Verde y lim, Limón you know, Maduro. Uh, it, it, it makes sense that... And in Colombia, they say Limón. Mm -hmm. And like for what about, two pictures, yeah. they just say Limón. Now, it, it does make sense though that, that, that if you say Limón Verde or Limón Amarillo, like that makes sense, right? Like you cannot get confused that this one's green, and, this one's yellow. That's like... Like everywhere well, in Latin America, you can understand this is green and this is yellow, unless you're colorblind. But point being, that I think is your answer. Well, and that's exactly because <laughs> I'm going to offend a few people here, but I think the Mexicans have it all wrong because <laughs> the Mexicans are the one confusing everyone because these two, I have two more people that are on my feed in Hello Talk. In Chiapas, south of Mexico, we say limon for the first one, which is lime. It's the green one. And lima for the second one. That sounds, that sounds like it makes sense to me. No, it doesn't. Lima is lime. Oh, right, right, right. So Sorry. then that, another, that like another person in Mexico said limon for the green one and lima for the yellow one. So if you're in Peru, they say lima for the green one. No, so it's, We're it's, screwed. it's all sorts of confusing, but I've now learned that it's not a big deal. Wherever I am, just learn how they say it there and learn what gets you by. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so in Chile, they say limón sutil, and that got me by. And honestly, I still to this day couldn't tell you a couple of the dishes I had if it was lemon or lime. Isn't that weird? Like that even happens. Like even on my pisco sour recipe when we do our... Um, Lemons, right? He wrote limón, but is that lemon or lime? I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's lemon. Yeah, it they definitely, in Chile, they like lemons. They use lemons, they use it in cooking. And so that makes the big difference is, I think if you use that citrus, like there's parts of the world where there's just that citrus doesn't grow or you don't use it. But I don't know, that was just like, <laughs> this has been something that since I started learning Spanish Lemon. has confused the hell out of me. And so that, I don't know why, but that was just the, like, no way. <laughs> the struggle continues. The struggle continues, but there's much more clarity to it and now I know in Mexico, they just don't even like lemons. They're not even going to use them. The yellow citrus does not exist in their how world. How did you save that? You can save things? Is that how you do that? Oh, in Hello Talk? No, you yeah. just go to moments. You go to your profile and uh -huh. it has moments. And you can see all the little feeds you've asked people and all. I, I, I love that? it. Yeah, Hello Talk is great. It's worked really good for me. Like moments? I said, when I was in Chile. You go to moments? No, no, no. You go profile? to your profile and then you click on moments. moments. So when I was in Chile, I was able to use Hello Talk a lot to ask specific questions. Like, uh -huh. What about that? Like the lemon thing. And then I asked about um, uh, something else. And it's very local people. We, were, Me and Ben were talking about this too, though. So we're not like good at English even. Like our English is not super proper and all that. So when we're correcting people, it's kind of the same as the corrections we're getting as well. 
And like perfect example. So I put Santiago es en un ciudad bonito. So I just said like I put a picture of Santiago from San Cristobal, like the I or no actually I'm sorry, this was the lookout in the um Sky Cocinera. Mm-hmm. And someone corrected me and said said it's supposed to be Santiago es una ciudad bonita, which makes sense, right? Cuz I just spelled it wrong. Is ciudad una? I guess I thought it was un must be. Yeah. yeah okay, so Santiago es una ciudad bonita. That's correct, though. But then someone else also said Santiago es una bonita ciudad. So yeah. they're both correct, I'm sure. It really just depends where you are. And this is also, you know, these are just normal people writing this. Like, this is not, so this these is... are not teachers. These are just local people saying this. But I think it really helps knowing where they're from. So that is the same story I have. And if you're watching the video, you can see what I'm looking at. Um, Not really. Well, let me just try to. It's too overexposed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, on Hello Talk, I put, uh, you know, because I'm I I like it for this exact reason. Fui subir a la montaña. And what I was trying to say is, I went hiking. I went up the mountain. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. You have like a picture of the top of the mountain. And I have a picture of the top of the mountain. Uh, and then someone else commented, subi la montaña. And he put a comment, said it's past tense. So that makes sense, right? But um, then someone, can I see it? Oh, <laughs> I stole his phone because I was like <laughs> getting nosy. I wanted to see it. And then the next guy said, fui a subir la montaña. So that that I think is the correct version of what I was trying to say. Fui a subir. And this is where Lala would come in handy. And then, because I really think it just depends on like what is their grammar level, you know? Yeah. And then someone else wrote subi la montaña. And, and then, I mean, it's just like five different corrections right. for the same thing, which is why it's so damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I've run across too. So, but it's still been pretty helpful just in that sense of like... Okay, cool. Like the gist, mm-hmm. you get the gist, right? Like, yeah, you understand what I'm saying, even though it's not correct. It's like so. we'll probably have better grammar in, in or Spanish someday just because we're studying it later in life. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah, th- that was one thing that I gave. In English, my English grammar is probably not as good. Exactly. Well, yeah. he even said, remember when Lalo was doing some lesson with us and he said, okay, today we're going to learn about, I don't know, subjunctives. And I'm like, what is a subjunctive? He's like, yeah, right. and you need to get an English grammar book. Like, we have it, and I don't think we've ever opened it. No, I don't open it. But Sorry, right. Lalo. <laughs> well, we'll share more from Chile next time. I'll share about my cooking class. Oh, Valparaiso. I did not get into Valparaiso. It's this beautiful, artistic port town on the water. Fell in love with it. So I'll, I'll we'll do share time, much yeah. more next week on that one. And don't forget, if you didn't already know so you can watch a video of this on patreon where people can comment on it and we can have direct conversations with them and they can get behind the scenes looks and all that we kind can of stuff, so. we can go more into this lemon lime debate on there yeah so that's a fun way um if you're interested uh in checking that out okay gracias por escuchar ciao hey guys thanks for listening you can find full show notes and images from today's episode at breaking We appreciate you listening and would love to see you back here again, so be sure to subscribe now. We have new episodes weekly. Thanks, and see you next time. Adios.